Hebrews 11, verse number two, for by it, that would be faith, the elders obtained a good report. And then it says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And then here it is, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. Abel obtained approval from God. He obtained witness that he was righteous. He obtained a good report in the Old Testament. And it was by faith. We can't forget that. And that's why we're, that's what we're going to be uh, meditating upon tonight do you know both Cain and Abel willingly brought a sacrificial offering both of them did that however Abel's was by faith and Cain's we're going to see and, and, and unpack what I'm about to say Cain was by his works by his work and we have to, the purpose of the lesson is to get the context of the heart attitude of Abel's faith, which is why he's listed in that roll call in chapter 11. Hebrews 11, verse number four, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice. They both offered a sacrifice. It's just that Abel's was excellent. Go back to Genesis chapter number four, and we'll look at it in context. Genesis chapter number four, verse number one. And Adam knew Eve's wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she bare again his brother Abel. And watch what Abel was. Abel was a keeper of the sheep. Now, what do you think he was using the sheep for? Clothes? Okay. You get leather. Matter of fact, you get leather sheeps. Leather sheep. You make leather out of sheep? That's a lot more expense. That's one of the more expensive leathers that you can that you can get, and it's lambskin leather. It's sheepskin. That's wool. Use that for clothing, bags. You can make a you can make a lot of stuff with it. Now, some of you might be thinking food, and we could do that today. But did Abel? Did Abel use it for food? Go to Genesis. Go to Genesis chapter number one. Go to Genesis chapter number one. Watch it says verse number 29. Genesis one, verse number 29. And God said, behold, I have given you every herb bearing seed 
which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in which is the tree of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. And to every beast of the earth, and every fowl of the air, to everything that creeps upon the earth wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat, and it was so. What were they for food? Doesn't seem to be, it doesn't seem to be animal meat. It seems to be in Genesis 1, they were eating plants, not animal meat, right? We see that. Now, I guess if you really want to split hairs, you could say that's an assumption. Because we have a positive command given here by God in Genesis chapter number one, right? It's not like it's followed up with a negative command that says thou shalt not eat animal. Okay. But we do have the positive command. Hey, here's what I, here's what you're going to use for me. And it's not going to be animal. It's going to be uh, plant food. And go to Genesis chapter number nine and we'll see the contrast of when we can clearly see God said, okay, you can have at it. Look at Genesis chapter number nine, um, verse number one. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth. Then watch uh, what it says in verse number three. Every moving thing that liveth shall be meat for you. Even as what? The green herb have I given you all things. You don't have to just eat the herbs anymore, the plants anymore. God said after the flood, after the flood, he gave a positive command to said, you can go ahead and you can you can eat meat. But before that, before that, it seems like it's a pretty safe assumption to say. They were eating. A vegetarian diet, vegetarian diet before the until after the flood, they didn't have they didn't have meat. God didn't give that positive command. Okay, now I'm saying that for a reason, and the reason is this: Cain brought an offering too. What did Cain bring? Well, let's look at it. Genesis four. Uh, we see Cain was a tiller of the ground, verse number three. And in, and in process of time, it came to pass that Cain, watch what he brought, of the fruit of the ground, an offering to the Lord. Do you see in verse number two, it says Cain was a tiller of the ground. He worked the ground. And then when his offering came, it was of the fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord. Cain produced that. That was something that benefited, benefited Cain. That was his work. He was a tiller of the ground, and he produced this work, and he's going to bring it to God. You know what Abel produced? Wool, whatever you, whatever you want to call it. But he wasn't eating the meat. There's a distinction there, I believe. 
Cain brought what he produced and used. Abel didn't. By faith, Abel brought something to God out of a different heart attitude. He didn't show up. Hey, Lord, here's the coat I made out of leather. Here's the clothes I made out of wool from the sheep. Cain showed up with what he made and what with, with what he produced out of what his occupation was. A lot of practical application there for us. By faith, Abel was willing, was cheerfully willing to freely give his first to God, his best to God, and the flesh and the fatty portions represent the life of that animal that was slain as a sacrifice. Cain bought his personal contributions to God of the work that he did. Abel didn't do that. He offered a life and he brought it all to the Lord. He didn't produce anything out of this isn't mine, Lord. This is yours. Cain, this is what I produced, Lord. Let me bring what I want and what I produce, Abel, by faith. It's all yours, Lord. It's all yours. I want to fast forward and get a glimpse of something in Leviticus and tie it into Cain and Abel. Leviticus chapter number three. Let's look at the Levitical law. Let's see here what we got. There we go. Chapter three. Look at verse 16. Leviticus three, verse 16. Bible says, and the priest shall burn them upon the altar. It is the food of the offering made by fire for a sweet savor. Watch what it says. All the fat is the Lord's. This is an interesting verse of scripture. Verse number 16. You have a sentence that has two colons in it. One colon's enough. A lot of times to get thoughts tied together. But you've got a complete sentence. You've got another complete sentence. But they're not really complete sentences. Because they all tie together. So you have a colon. That tells you look. You can't set. All these have to go together. And what you have is. There's something upon an altar. It's food of the offering made by fire for a sweet savor. And all of that is the Lord's. The entire sacrifice under the Levitical law had to do with everything is the Lord's. And the heart attitude of a sacrifice done by faith is this isn't mine. This is yours, Lord. Everything that I have isn't mine. It's yours, Lord. 
It shall be a perpetual statute for your generations throughout all your dwellings that ye eat neither fat nor blood. Look at Leviticus 7. See the same thing. Leviticus 7, look at verse 20. 23, yep. It says, speak unto the children of Israel, saying, ye shall eat no manner of fat, of ox or of sheep or of goat. And the fat of the beast that dieth of itself, and the fat of that which is torn with beasts, may be used in any other use, but ye shall in no wise eat of it. I really believe Abel was, he was, he tended the sheep. He was using the sheep, skins, and the sheep wool. But he's got no use for the meat with that. Wasn't until after the flood that God said, go ahead. He didn't bring what he prepared for God. He brought what God said to bring. And by faith, he had a more excellent sacrifice. It says, um, verse number 25, Leviticus 7, For whatsoever eateth the fat of the beast, of which men offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, even the soul that eateth it shall be cut off from his people. Moreover, ye shall eat no manner of blood, whether it be of fowls or of beasts, in any of your dwelling. Whatsoever soul it be that eateth any manner of blood, even that soul shall be cut off from his people. Now, we're not giving you a Levitical diet. So just by way of disclaimer, this was uh, a law given to a specific people group, Hebrew people, for them to worship God. And they did these things not because God's a legalist. They did these things because God wanted them to be a separate people. Now, we have that same principle. We don't do those same things. But God asks us do things not because he's a legalist, but because he wants us to be a peculiar people. He wants us to be set apart. That's why we live holy lives, not unholy. That's where we're. That's why we're happy to go the to go the way of righteousness or the way of I'm going to err on caution rather than unrighteousness. And hey, let's just jump in and see what happens. Right? We're, we're a set-apart people. We should live different. And that's all that Levitical... Well, that's not fair to say. It's not all the Levitical law was. But that's a big part of the Levitical law was that people was set apart by God. Abel. That fatty portion of the animal, the meaty portion of the animal, it was no value to him. But that leather and wool where it was... It sure was. He's trusting God. A life sacrifice so that clothing could be provided. He's trusting God. That God would provide. That's called faith. How do we live our lives today? We trust that God will provide. Do things look bleak sometimes? Trust that God will provide. If you were tending to sheep 
And God said, I want you to offer your first and your best. Would you trust him? But Lord, what am I going to use for? Wait a minute. Are you walking by what you see or are you walking by faith? We see this same principle. I'd like you to look at Isaiah 1. Go to the book of Isaiah. Get past Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. And then you'll come to the book of Isaiah. It'll be in the first chapter. Because just like Cain, the nation of Israel brought sacrifices, except they were the wrong one. And watch what happens. Watch what the prophet says. Get the same meaning. The heart motive and the heart meaning behind what Cain brought back in Genesis 4. It's the same heart motive that the nation got into in, and, and the prophet's telling us about it in Isaiah 1. Look at verse number uh, 13. <laughs> Bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths, the calling of assemblies, I cannot away with it. It is iniquity, even the solemn meeting. Your new moons and your appointed feast, my soul hateth. They are a trouble unto me. I am weary. I am weary to bear them. Man, oh man, all these holidays surrounded about, surrounded around the moon. The moon. Well, it's Moon's Day. <laughs> it's Monday. We won't go down the rat. We won't hunt rabbits. We'll stay on sheep tonight, tending sheep and tilling the ground. Look, that nation was bringing forth sacrifices, and God wasn't having it. They both brought sacrifices. One was by faith. One was wages of sin is death. The offerings of these elements. What Abel brought represents a life is offered. A life has to die. And it's connected. To a covering. Of shameful. Nakedness. That's what they used to make clothes back then. The picture of a substitutionary atonement. We should know that. God is the one who allows someone to be a keeper of sheep. God is the one who provides the coats of skins. It's his sacrificial act that clothes you. The wages of sin is death. God provided his son to die for you so that you, your shameful nakedness, your naked before God as a sinner, he clothes you with his righteousness. Adam and Eve, they were not ashamed of being naked until, go to Genesis 3. Until sin entered into the world. Until then, there was no covering needed. 
Genesis chapter number 3, verse number 21. And Adam, uh, unto Adam also and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. The life of the animal sacrifice is connected to our shame of being naked. And a clothing, a covering was provided. Who was it provided by? God. That's the covering we need. And that offering to God that Abel made proved, showed his faith. He's acknowledging God is the one who provides. God is the one who gives the covering. God is the one who owns. It's his. It's all, it's all God. Everything I have is God. Abel's sacrifice was also accepted. Look, let's look at a New Testament principle, Romans 3. Romans chapter number 3. Now, Abel didn't have this verse, but we're going we're gonna to make some practical application here. Romans 3.25, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. God's forbearance. That's how he dealt with sin in the Old Testament. Through his forbearance. To declare I say at this time. His righteousness. That he might be just and the justifier. Of him which believeth. In Jesus. Now we'll key in on belief. But Abel got a hold of this idea. That the sacrifice. His perfect sacrifice. His excellent sacrifice. Was because Abel's heart. He didn't have this verse. But his heart knew God was just. He's the justifier. That was wrought out in his faith. God must clothe us and God must save us. Get 2 Corinthians 5. You and I cannot provide for our shameful sin and our shameful nakedness. We can't provide for it. And if we try to bring the works of our hands to the Lord as a sacrifice to him, He's going to say, get that out of here. Same way he told the nation, get that incense out of here. Get all your new moons and your new Sabbaths and all the stuff, get it out of here. All the stuff you're preparing, get it out of here. New Testament, we know we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. For as many of you have been baptized into Christ, you have put on Christ. Okay, what is our covering for our shamefulness? Christ, Christ. And when he showed up in the garden, he covered them. He made the cover. And I'm telling you, God shows up in your heart. You know what people do? Everywhere the gospel is, the true gospel is complained. People put on clothes. 
And I'm not being funny. I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not trying to be mean. But this world, as it waxes worse and worse, it's always taking off clothes. Always. It's always the neckline getting lower and lower and lower. And it's always the skirt line getting higher and higher and higher. And it's always the clothes getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. When God shows up, the dress gets longer. When God shows up, the chest gets covered. When God shows up, clothes are put on because you want to hide your nakedness. You don't want to show it off to the world on a billboard or a movie or walking around half naked in town. Well, how come no other churches talk about that? They do. It's just that they're few and far between. God provides. He gave you his imputed righteousness. He covered your sin. He provided for your sin. He paid for your sin. 2 Corinthians 5. Watch what it says. Well, we know, verse 1, that if our earthly house of this tabernacle will dissolve, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. If so, that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. God clothes us with his righteousness. You're not undone, clean, and naked before a holy God. Because he provides perfect sacrifice. And Christ is the fulfillment of this type. Get first Peter chapter number one. Christ is the fulfillment. We know John 1, behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away, what? The sin of the world. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God? First Peter chapter number one, look at it in verse. Uh, the right one, yeah, first Peter one, verse 18. For as much as we know that we were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers. Watch this. But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. By Faith, able offered a more excellent sacrifice. Cain brought something he produced with a different heart. Their sins were covered by the forbearance of God. It's by faith in the Old Testament, not a combination of faith and works. 
yes, your faith out, that there's an evidence or there's an outpouring of, I have faith that my brakes work. So I take my foot and I put my foot on the brake. And it works. And you say, praise the Lord. I have faith in my brakes. I put my foot on the brake. The brakes don't work. My faith didn't save me. The brakes working saved me from crashing into the building. Okay? You put your faith in God. You don't save yourself. God saves you. Okay? Did your work, did your faith as a work say, no, 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 no. No. God saved you. God did. By faith, you accepted what he said. By faith, you received the truth that Adam and Eve had, or the truth that Cain and Abel had, they either receive that truth and, and believe it by faith, or they don't. Same with us. We receive the truth that's been revealed to us. We receive it by faith. We don't bring our words. First Peter 1, Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. What is your acceptable service to God? Do you have the same heart attitude as the Old Testament Saint Abel? Do we? Go to, uh, go to Romans 12 and stay in 1 Peter. And we'll finish here. Romans 12. In the Old Testament, it says, I will offer to thee sacrifice of thanksgiving and will call upon the name of the Lord. In Romans chapter number 12, we see the New Testament Christian. Watch what it says. It's for us. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, that's us, believers, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That is what God expects. If you are going to live a life by faith, God says it is reasonable for you. If he said it's reasonable to bring a lamb to sacrifice to me, then what Cain did by bringing his efforts and his labors was unreasonable. God says it's reasonable for you to live a life of faith that includes holiness. What are you listening to? Is it holy? What are you listening to on the YouTube? Is it old? 
is what you're deciding to wear out in public to impress the public? Or as reasonable service, are you trying to cover yourself so that you can be acceptable unto God and you don't care that the world accepts you? Matter of fact, you know the world isn't going to accept you. And because a lot of Christians know that, they say, well, I don't want to be teased. I don't want to be the outcast. I don't want to be the, so I'll do something unreasonable and I'll just live an unholy life and talk about unholy things and read unholy books and watch unholy movies and hang out with unholy friends. And you'll do all of those unreasonable things because you're more afraid of what your friends are going to say and what your schoolmates are going to say and what the world's going to say instead of, I just want to present my body as a living sacrifice that's acceptable unto God. Well, I thought I'm accepted in the beloved. You are. You are accepted in the beloved. Now, God says, hey, you know what? It's reasonable to offer your body a living sacrifice to live for me. He's not asking you to do anything unreasonable. First Peter 2, last verse. First Peter 2, verse number 5. The Bible says, you also as lively stone are built up a spiritual house. How much time you spend on your house? You know, the one that's going to end up either burning up last that long being sold to somebody else or it's going to fall apart you know the one you're not going to be taking to your funeral you don't have a little 10 by 3 casket they're going to put you in they ain't going to fit your house in Are you spending the same amount of time building up your spiritual house? And it says you're a holy priest. Well, that's the preacher's job. No, it's not. We have to, it's the priesthood of all believers. All of us. To offer up, here it is, spiritual sacrifices. Here it is again, acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. You better hope Jesus is in your life. Because if you want to offer something to God, he better be in it. But he says spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. That You know what that is? That's prayer. That's praise. That's thanksgiving from the heart and from the lips to God. Spiritual sacrifices. You're a Christian. Your life is lived by faith. If you're a lost person and you're here tonight, you can only come to God one way, by faith. You'll only be saved one way, by his grace. Don't bring anything you've produced. Believe God at his word.
You know, Adam and Eve were able to worship in nature in a garden with God. But after the fall, they were driven out. You're not going to find God worshiping nature in the garden. You're going to have to find him at an altar by faith. Come to an altar of prayer, not an altar of sacrifice. He made the sacrifice. But by faith, I'll save by his grace. Same way those prior to the cross were saved. God's grace. They didn't have all the revealed truth that we have, but the truth that God revealed to them by faith they received. God's asking us as Christians, if you're saved tonight, live your life by faith.